Welcome to Younger and Older. This is Dave Wager again, and I'm with Nate Brash. And uh, he's the younger guy. I'm the older guy. Normally, you hear me with Jason. And we come to you from the studios of Relate365.com here on the campus of Silver Birch Ranch and the Nicolay Bible Institute. Uh, Nate, how are you feeling today? Actually, pretty good. Uh, the last chemo treatment that I had, they kind of lowered the dose a little bit. Okay. Uh, they did that to kind of make sure that the numbers don't dip as much and kind of help out with a little of the neuropathy that I get. So, What's uh, neuropathy? <laughs> big word. Yeah. Uh, it's the full fox, uh, which is the chemo treatment that I get, can cause uh, nerve issues. Oh, okay. And one of the things that as you go further and further into treatments, uh, you can actually get permanent nerve damage from it. So it's uh, one of the side effects is um, right after I get treatment, if it's really cold out, I'll get you know, a tingly feeling in my fingers. And, right. Yeah. Um, it's, I'll get a little bit of you know, neuropathy from uh, the chemo treatment, which I'm feeling a little bit more uh, so now that I've had, I think, eight or nine treatments thus far. Right. Uh, you kind of lose count after a while. Yeah, well, chemo or you play football when you're young and you get neuropathy anyway. So mm -hmm. it's like one of those things where everything tingles after yes. a while maybe. Well, the hardest thing is I love ice cream and it, you know, it affects you know, every part of your body. Yep. So you, you go to eat ice cream and it just doesn't taste right because you get a weird tingly feeling. Oh, man. So, oh, yeah. You're, so, in the, you're in the dairy state. This chemo stuff should be illegal. <laughs> But yeah, fortunately, towards the end, you know, after I get treatment every two weeks, uh, towards the end, I can actually eat ice cream. So I usually mm. pig out on a lot of ice cream. Does it affect your love of cheese? Uh, no. No. Okay, That's good. Cheese I can eat. And can you drink milk still? Uh, r right after treatment, no, because of the cold. Oh, okay. Uh, like cold water, anything cold that would touch my mouth. It, well, you, you know, ought to go to a farm, get it straight. It's warm. <laughs> Yep. Warm milk, though? Yeah, I know. All right. Forget it. Some people drink warm milk right before they go to sleep. I can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I might try it if it were fresh, but I'm not sure even then. Um, <laughs> don't know. Yeah, I like a nice cold glass of milk. That's, yeah. I'm a traditionalist. Yeah. With an Oreo? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. Now we're talking health food. <laughs> no, no, nobody that eats that ever gets sick either, so we're okay. Um, you obviously, are, are, we're talking about a relationship with God where you're enjoying God and you're enjoying people more than you did before cancer. Is that an accurate statement? Yes. Yep. And so the cancer, in a way, that has actually developed you into a, a person that I would say is more well-rounded, better at relating to people, uh, putting things that are um, important in the place that they need to be. Mm -hmm. Is that accurate? Oh, yeah. I think God puts us through trials to cause just that. So it, yeah, it's the, I would say I'm a far better person today than I was, you know, six months ago. And you're and not I talking wasn't a, about, not, I wasn't a bad person. Yeah. And you're not talking necessarily about sinful, not sinful. You're mm -hmm. just talking about development as a human being Yeah. And, and caring about people, caring about God, enjoying people, enjoying God. Yep. It comes at a different level now than it used to come. Mm-hmm. So is it even possible for you to have gotten to the level you're at today if you weren't diagnosed with cancer? No, I would not be where I am today without that. So are you thankful for the cancer? Yeah. As odd as that sounds, I am thankful for the cancer. And, and you're right in the middle of it. Yeah. 
I think people need to hear that. And, you know, I also would wonder if I can invite them, if they want to somehow contact you. Oh, through I would the relate, love to talk to Yeah, somebody. through the Relate365.com yeah. website. They can go there, Relate365.com, and just say, I'd love for Nate to contact. Leave your, your email address, and, and we'll have them get back to you. Mm-hmm. If you're struggling with cancer or anything that is driving you nuts about the world in which you live, Talk to somebody who's going through things right now. Don't just say, there's no possible way to be okay. You know, when I talk to young people and they tell me, you know, this has happened in my life and nothing will ever be okay because of that, I just look at them funny. It's like, you're going to allow this to ruin everything else about life, whatever it is. You know, and you look at somebody like yourself with cancer and you're not saying that it's ruining your life. No. So why should somebody who has something so minimal in their life possibly say that my life could never be okay because of X, Y, Z? Maybe, maybe they, are, uh, they got dumped by their boyfriend or girlfriend, or maybe you know, they've financially made a, a mistake, so now they're poor for a while or whatever it might be, or maybe they lost their dream job. How could, that, how could anybody say that would ruin them? I think it's the way that the culture is raising people right now. It's a, people aren't taught how to fail. Granted, it's a, you know, you can't really fail with cancer in that aspect, but, you know, kids today just aren't taught how to deal with hardship. Right. And, you know, it's a, you know, starting point is a good relationship with God. Right. And that's the basis for pretty much anything, or not pretty much anything, it's the basis for everything. Yeah. You know, and if you don't have a relationship with God, again, go to relate365.com and I encourage you to just contact us and ask to talk to Nate and see if he can help you get a relationship with God the way that you can. Um, yeah. Cancer is, you know, it's, it's not easy. Yeah. I, I know several people that I've you know encountered. It's not easy. There are times where it's hard to get up in the morning. You know, there's pain that comes with it, but you know, through that pain, there's rejoicing because yeah. it's, it's all temporary, and it's all what you make it to be. And when you understand that God's in control and you're not, it's easy. Yeah. You know, I think, tell me if I'm wrong here, but right now in your life, you realize that if tomorrow you were to leave this life, would your wife be able to carry on? Yeah. Would your kids carry on? Yep. So in a weird way, you're not needed. No. God is a far better husband than I could ever be, mm-hmm. a far better father than I could ever be. Yeah, that is so significant what you just uh, said, because here's what I think, summarizing what I think is going on in the American culture and in any culture that's westernized like we are, we love to act like we're needed mm-hmm. when the special part of life still is being wanted. So that, that's the huge difference right there. Here's what I guarantee, that your wife wants you to stay around. Oh, yeah. But she doesn't need you to stay around. I would guarantee your kids want you to stay around. They might even say they need you to stay around. They might say that. Mm -hmm. So there's some education that needs to happen in their life at this point, but that's pretty normal for any kid. When you're in a job, if you ever um, were in a job, and you were in a job here. I mean, right now you're in disability for a while, and we'll see where that goes, but once again, you were proven, I'm not needed. Mm-hmm. You're wanted here, but you're not needed. Things go on without you. Yeah. Um, I think when you get to a point where you think you are the 
godsend to something, that's when you got a problem. Absolutely. And, and really, when you think about it, it's God who's needed. Mm-hmm. So what we do when we start acting like we're needed, we set ourselves up for a great disappointment. Yeah. Because we're not needed, that's a role that God plays. And, and we will never be in that role. So I'm not needed, you're not needed. So when you go home after we do the radio today, and you go home, it'll be special because your wife wants you there, your children want you there, you want them, but all of you realize you, there's no need there. Mm-hmm. Being wanted is what's special. God doesn't need you to do his work. God doesn't need me to do his work. So what's special about it is that I'm wanted to do his work. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're listening and you don't know Christ is your Savior and you're not in God's family, none of this makes sense because you're living your whole life trying to be needed. And part of the disaster of cancer or anything else, losing your job or whatever it might be, is the fact that you just got proven that, that you're not, you're not needed. needed. You know? And so you're dealing with that idea, well, I'm just not needed. So if you were to come to me as a counselor, and say, you know, Dave, I just feel not needed. My response to you would be, well, you're not. Now, now we got trouble. Now you're realizing that's why nobody goes to Dave for counseling. You know, <laughs> because he'll say things like that. You're not needed. But I've never spelt, felt very special if I'm needed. I've never, you know, if somebody needs my money, I don't feel special. If somebody needs my ability, I, I don't feel special. They need it. What's really special is when I can offer it to somebody, they don't need it, and I want to give it to them, and they want it. They accept Mm -hmm. it. Now you've got something that's special within a relationship. God doesn't need Dave Wager. He doesn't need Nate Brash. He doesn't need anybody in our family to do his work. Um, The special thing is that he wants us to be a part of what he does, and that is extremely special. So those that are without Christ, I don't know how you make it day to day because Mm -hmm. I don't think there's a way to be special, and you're trying to force yourself to be needed. It's very hard to live for yourself. Yeah. Because you're constantly disappointing yourself. Yeah, because you're going to find out one day that... You're not needed. You're not (laughs) needed. And, you know, you die, and if you could watch the whole thing, what happens is you're not around anymore. Mm -hmm. And the next day, somebody in your family, somebody that loved you is actually going to eat breakfast or lunch. Mm -hmm. And And you're sitting there thinking, wait a minute. And they step up and fill that void. Yeah. You know, and unfortunately, that's a reality that we don't want to deal with. But it is a reality that makes you healthy, not somebody who's sick. When, when my dad died of a heart attack, that was so evident to me that I thought he was needed. And God proved that he wasn't. And that's the way life really is. And the healthy part is you should go to the people you love, even today as you think about it. Let them know they're wanted. Mm-hmm. Let them know. It's not that I need you around here. You know, they might take offense to that right away, by the way. But if they understand where you're going, if I were your boss and I were saying, you're not needed, you know, the, the thing you should respond is, I know. Thanks for wanting me here. Mm-hmm. Because it's true for anybody. I don't care. Yeah. I, I've told men over and over again, go, you think you're indispensable at your job? Don't go anymore. You know what will happen? Somebody will do it for you. Mm-hmm. You're not needed there. The very special part of life is being wanted. And I know that you're enjoying that right now with uh, God and you're enjoying being wanted by God and you're enjoying you actually needing God. That's the right relationship there Um, because that's the only one in the universe that's actually needed. Mm -hmm. Um, Are are there any scripture verses lately that you've been reading that you've been thinking about that are just pressing on your head? Uh, uh, Bible study that I go to with a 
coworker here at camp, uh, he had uh, mentioned this verse, and it just kind of kind of struck me. Uh, it's Second Corinthians four, uh, verses sixteen to to eighteen. Uh, so we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away; our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Yeah, it's, it kind of struck me as, you know, the cancer here is before me. That's, that's what's present. And it's in a way kind of meaningless compared to, you know, what waits for me in glory. Right. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, the, the pain and suffering that I go through now is, you know, it's all temporary. You know, and whether it's cancer or death in a family or anything that you could be going through, that's all temporary. Yeah, when you look at the you know the unseen stuff, you know the you know when you focus on God, that's where your hope is. Your you know my hope is not in my oncologist. Right. It's not on the medicine. It's not on all the, that's all good stuff. But you know my hope is in God. Yeah. And what's interesting is in the book of John, the fourteenth chapter, those who are part of God's family have this promise, where God says, "In my Father's house are many rooms." What's interesting about that is, is just thinking about the future. We're going to be dead a whole lot longer than we're ever alive. Mm-hmm. And that would go for your wife, your children, my wife, my children. My, uh, it goes for everybody. It's an absolute truth for everybody. Absolute. So it's, it's not something that anybody should be you know, turning their radios off on or anything, saying, this is ridiculous to listen to this. You know, it's like, no, you know, everybody one day will die, and they're going to be dead a whole lot longer than they're alive. And what's interesting here is that there is those who are in God's family, those who have placed their trust in Jesus Christ. This is what God says. In my Father's house, there are many rooms. If it were not so, would I, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? See, I'm, I, God's saying, I, I'm going to prepare a place for those that I love. I don't have to do that, by the way. I'm doing it because I want to. Mm-hmm. I go to prepare a place. I've said this before, but it, it's just so appropriate here. You know, if you were to come to our house, uh, my wife is, is an exceptional uh, hostess. So if you were to come to our house, I promise you this, our house would be waiting for you, ready to go. If you were to come, we have a guest room. It's all made up all the time. It's ready to go. Next to the bed is a nightstand. It's got bottled water on it. It's like in a the, hotel. Yeah, in the bathroom. There's a, a cup in there, and there's, there's new toothbrushes, little toothpaste, little soaps, little shampoos. Little, whatever you need, it is sitting there. In case you forgot something, you are welcome to our home. We want to make sure that you know that you're welcome when you stay at our home. Um, we even found that one of our kids didn't like the bed down there and went and got a different bed. <laughs> you know, it's like, why? Because we want people to know that when they come, there's been a place prepared for them mm-hmm. to come. We don't want to. Have you ever been? Have you ever stayed somewhere where you're just not comfortable staying there? You're just not feeling welcome. I've fortunately I've never had to experience. Oh, that. I have, I have. I mean, if you're a speaker like I am, you go places and people say, "Don't worry, someone in our church will put you up." That's sometimes scary. It is scary. <laughs> that can be one of the greatest blessings. It could be one of the greatest <laughs> scary moments. 
Because sometimes you're in a place and it's obviously, you know, yeah, we had a room in the basement down there sort of. And, uh, oh, yeah, we forgot you were coming. And uh, my wife, uh, let's see, what kid wants to, any of you kids want to move out of your room, you know, today? And you're sitting there while they're doing this. Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't think I'm wanted here. No matter what you say at that moment, you don't feel wanted. Mm -hmm. What God is saying in the scriptures is, in my father's house, there's a lot of rooms. And one of them's got your name on it. And I know what you need, and I'm making it up for you. And, and anyone who is in God's family needs to see that. That's why we keep saying, if you are somebody listening to this, and you do not have the hope that Nate has, where your hope is in Christ, you have no hope. There's nobody preparing anything for you. But Nate, if something happens to you, God says, I've got a place. It's covered. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're going to come and I'm going to say, does any of my other kids want to move out of the room? I'm, I'm not going to do that to you. There's a place that's yours. And I know exactly how to prepare it. And he says that. And in, in verse 3, he says, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back. And what will I do when I come back? And welcome you into my presence so that you also may be where I am. Here's the, the relational side of God. Mm-hmm. He says, you know why I want, you know why I'm preparing a place for you? He wants to be with us. I want to be with you. Mm-hmm. I don't want you staying anywhere else. I want you staying with me. When my kids come up to the area here, we want them staying with us. They're our kids. We want them staying with us. So we prepare for them. We make sure we have a place for them. Right, they're our kids. We love them. We want to make sure they stay with us. If they're coming, Linda will make sure um, there's something in the fridge that they like. There's the cheese that they like. There's the, I mean, you start going through a list. Mm-hmm. Why? Because when you come, we want you to enjoy being in our home. Because we want to be with you. So we want you there. It's really quite simple. I can't imagine living life um, not knowing that God is someone who wants me and his family. And who, at the, the darkest moment of life, that whatever can happen, you know, dying in a car accident, whatever it might be, that the Bible is very clear about what will happen there. Mm-hmm. And that he's gone to prepare a place for me. It's a lot of comfort in that, knowing that God has already prepared it, not going to. That's right. It's already prepared. That's right. Nothing will take him by surprise. Yep. Um, Love the story in the Bible, the rich man and and, uh, And Lazarus. Lazarus, yeah. You know, the rich man, he died and was buried. Lazarus was carried. and, and, And we've talked about this stuff, but it's so critical to understand if you are somebody who has your faith in Jesus Christ and you're in God's family and you, what happens is you never experience being alone. Mm-hmm. You never experience it. Because the moment you leave this world, you are in the very presence of a God who's prepared a place for you. Yep. However, if you don't know God, as the rich man and Lazarus in the Bible, you die, comma, the next phrase is in hell. Mm-hmm. And that's not a place that gives anybody hope. Well, it's that eternal separation from God. Yeah. You know, or, you know, when we're on earth, we have God. Right. When you're in hell, God is not there. Yeah. And that eternal separation is, you know, it's terrifying. Yeah. 
Well, I'm wondering if, you know, as I think about what's going on in the world and our, our scientific uh, breakthroughs, you're actually um, going through chemo treatments. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those are things we've learned through the years. I mean, we've learned what chemo does and how to different things. And um, I, it'd be right to say that there's many probably ways to try and treat cancer. Oh, yeah. So you're submitting yourself to a doctor and mm-hmm. a certain way of treating it. And yep. That, that's great. I'm just wondering, when you look at medical science, and you're an EMT as well, so you're, you're somewhat aware of the body and how it functions. Um, when you look at medical science and you think of the ethics down the road, what is the role of medicine in the will of God? I mean, what, should people be looking to chemotherapy to help, chemotherapy to help them? Or should they be ignoring it and saying, I'll just trust whatever God does? Or what is the role of all this? Have you, have you actively thought about that? Not really. Uh, the only thing I can kind of come up with is it, you know, God has given us talented men and women in the medical field. I think there's things that we probably shouldn't dabble with. I know I've come across uh, an article where they're able to keep, you know, brain cells alive at, in a pig after. Oh, yeah, I read those. Yeah. Like that's, a, that's a little terrifying. I don't yeah. think we should be dabbling in that. I don't want any pig brain that's still alive <laughs> without a body. If it comes with bacon, I'm fine. Oh, well, true. <laughs> but uh, there's, there's good that can be done with, you know, modern medicine. But, yeah, you know, then again, you're kind of extending out time that I could be spending with God. But, you know, Paul in the Bible, you know, it's, uh, you know, he said, you know, to be apart from, you know, earth, I'm with, with God. I know I'm botching that one up, but yeah, it's, gotcha. uh, yeah, to be absent from the body yeah. is to be present with the Lord. And, but, you know, Paul had work to do while he was on earth. And I think some of the medical, you know, treatments that are there, there's good that can be done. Uh, I'm still here because God is doing something through me. So you're not trusting the medicine? No, I'm trusting God. And, and God's using the medicine. Mm-hmm. It's just like you don't trust chicken, but you eat chicken. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you eat because you, you need to. Yeah. But it's not like you say, boy, we just trust this chicken to keep me alive. You can eat all the chicken you want and still mm-hmm. die. So it, it, my question is then, if you, th- you know, and again, it's just a discussion. I don't know. What good is medicine at all? I mean, you take it or you don't take it, but maybe it's like the chicken. Maybe you're made to take what's available to help mm-hmm. you, you know, live. I think it's what you put your trust in. Yeah. You know, there's so many things that you can put your trust in out, you know, whether it's, you know, the spaghetti monster or, you know, natural oils, there's all sorts of things that right. people, you know, trust to cure whatever, you know, ails them. And at some point, does it become an idol? And at some point, does it not become an idol? And, you know, the treatments that I'm doing, you know, I'm, doing it, you know, for, you know, to extend my life out with my kids because I, you know, I care for my kids. Right. And I believe, you know, God wants me to fight this. Right. And I think it's, you know, not wise to sit back and just wither away. Right. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, I think it's tragic when people do that when they're diagnosed with cancer, even more so as a believer, which happens quite often. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of good that's done in the medical community. Well, and as I look at it, I mean, I know you're not trusting the chemo. Hmm. I know you're trusting God. Yep. So oh, if I trusted the chemo, that's, ooh, that's horrible stuff. Well, even <laughs> that, even, isn't chemo still somewhat experimental in how they do it? it? 
Yeah, it's a you know people react differently. When right, you so work. they're adjusting and doing yeah. things. So you're you're not only trusting the chemo, you're you're trusting the medical world to administrate it mm-hmm. correctly and to adjust. And so you're trusting the doctors. And so we would say that trusting anything other than God is what is not right. Mm-hmm. In essence, what you're doing is saying, you know what, this is the avenue with what we know today that God has allowed us to understand how the body works. And these things would, would be things that could heal the body or at least slow down the progression mm-hmm. or whatever uh, it might be. Uh, you know, and you have cancer at you know, the level that, we've, that I have now. It's, they're not really looking to cure it right. because it's so far spread. They just they look to manage it. Right. You know, they look, okay, can we slow the growth? Can we shrink it? Um, you know, if it was stage one, which is, you know, just, you know, a little tumor, they can remove it. But when you got cancer spread so far, and it's true with any cancer, you know, they don't look to cure it because right. they know they can't. You know, there's only one way to cure it. And, you know, it's a miracle from God. Right. So your trust remains in God regardless, mm-hmm. but you still take the medicine. Yeah. And I think that's an interesting dilemma that everybody who has any kind of illness has to deal with. Yeah. You know, what... Uh, you know, my narcolepsy, which is, again, not cancerous, but do I trust the medicine or do I trust God? Th- those are the things you have to ask. I do take the medicine because without it, I would be a different person. And I think that God, again, gave doctors minds, figured out how mm-hmm. to do these things. And either way, I mean, you could be used of God and never be cured of cancer. Yeah. And the stuff and the, and the way that he's drawn you to himself and et cetera, that's, that's good. You could be used of God. If it goes into remission, but you still have cancer, mm-hmm. you could be used of God if He cures you of cancer. Yep. So any way you look at it, God can use you. Either way, <laughs> it's a win-win-win. So who, whatever avenue you go, God could be glorified, and mm-hmm. you can be somebody who He used significantly to show the world who He is. Yeah. And that's I think what people need to hear. It's not just some think the only way that God would ever be glorified as if I'm healed completely. Hmm. Look at Paul in the Bible. He right. asked God to remove you know, the thorn in his side, and he didn't. And you have another friend who's a mechanic as well who's had cancer for quite a while. Yeah. And God's using him mm-hmm. in significant ways. And actually, if you didn't know he had cancer and you were just talking with him, you wouldn't know he had cancer Yeah, because he doesn't let everybody know. Uh, and yet um, God's using him. Yeah. It's really interesting when you look at it. God isn't a, a sugar daddy in the sky. He's God. And, and really, there's a lot of different ways to do things. Would you get on somebody's case who decided to try and treat their cancer a different way than you? Mm-mm. It's, a, it's their journey that they're going through. Um, and it's, some people are led to go one way or the other. And yeah. Yeah, I don't judge somebody for how they choose to you know, fight that battle. Yeah. You know, Ultimately, they need to trust God. Yeah, and that's the, that's the only thing that I could fault them for is where are you putting your trust in? Are yeah. you, do you put your trust in yourself or do you put the trust in God? Yeah. Ultimately, if you're going to dig a foundation for a home, you can trust God for that, but pick up a shovel mm-hmm. and start digging because that's, you, you know, that's part of the process. You need to dig in a way. God will give you the health to do it and, and supply you the shovel. Maybe the whole works. But you still dig, and that's kind of what medicine does mm-hmm. today. I think what we need to do is re- realign our thought process, enjoy God, enjoy each other, and learn what it is to be in a world where you honor God in all. I do thank you for listening to Younger and Older with Dave and Nate, and I invite you to listen to us in the future.
as we come to you from the Relate365.com studios.